Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Man, there's nobody like him. And he's always working. He's always moving. He's always, even when we don't feel it, yes. When we don't see it, when we're thinking, what the world, what the world, what the world. He's moving. We just sit back, take our hands off of it. I had a vision one time. It was not a dream. It was a vision. And um, I climbed up, you know those little ladders on the back of a camper? I climbed up on that ladder, and there was a baby up there. And I'm like, what the world is this baby doing up here? And, um, and it was black. Everything around was black except for that, that, la that um, camper. And all of a sudden... The baby falls off of this camper, and it's like, you know, when it hits the pavement. Keith runs to get Benny Hinn. <laughs> Keith, let, he left to go get Benny Hinn because this baby needs some help. This was decades ago. And I'm down there, and I'm trying to do CPR, and I'm trying to fix stuff, you know. And, and all of a sudden, I just heard the voice of God, and he said, remove your hands from my baby. And so I did this, and when I did this, in just a minute, everything, everything started coming back, and that baby got up. And me and the baby went to the house, and, and, and Keith came home with Benny Hinn. <laughs> and I said, it's done. It's done. But whenever we will remove our hands and, and stop trying to fix things ourselves then God can take control. God can do it. God, Y'all, we got to learn to trust Him. He is a big God. He's way bigger than what we have in our mind. You know, Romans talks about how we bring God down into our size. We bring Him down into our mental capability of understanding. That ain't God. God y'all know God... Yahweh, he's the one that went, and stars and planets. Not just one. Stars, planets came out of his mouth. I'm going to let that soak in a minute. That is your father. Hey. That's your father. Last week, you know, we're talking about who am I, my identity. And last week we just hit on how 
you are, your eyeball is so intricate and detailed that no one's is the same. You know, there are 7 billion people on the face of this earth. And not two of those people are absolutely identical. He took a lot of time informing us. He took a lot of time with us. Hallelujah. You are special to him. You're special to him. He knows every single hair on your head. He knows when every one of them falls out. Don't tell me he don't know what I'm going through. Don't tell me that he's not aware of me, even when I don't feel it. We don't always feel it. Come on, even when I don't sense him. Sometimes I have to do this thing by faith. Uh-huh. Sometimes I got to walk it by faith. Believing, okay, God, I believe you. I believe this is you. And we just going to step and see what happens. Hallelujah. And he's pleased with that. Can I tell you he's pleased even if I miss it? He is not a hard taskmaster who's up there going, you didn't do what I told you to do. He's not like that. He's merciful. He's compassionate on all that he has made. Hallelujah. And my assurance is him. My insurance is him. Hallelujah. My identity is him. He's my identity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Genesis 3 talks about the serpent was more subtle. He was more subtle than any other creature. And when you look at that, that means he's crafty. He's real crafty. He's smooth in a bad way. That's what the word, that's what the actual <laughs> definition says. He's smooth in a bad way. He's real crafty. He's real crafty in making us think that we're not worth anything. He's real crafty in getting our attention on ourselves. That's what he's real crafty at. He's real good at that. And, and one thing that I would like for us to see in who knows how long this series will be <laughs> about who am I, one thing I'd like for us to see is that I am not supposed to be focused on me. I'm supposed to be focused on him. And in him, I find out my purpose. In him, I find out my identity. I want to share something with y'all. Y'all know this fellow named John the Baptist? You heard of him? Let's go look at Matthew chapter 16. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew. I didn't even mark it. 
Matthew 16, verse 13. No, that ain't it. <laughs> uh, let me look at my notes because I know he's in here. Because I know what I want to say. Oh, it's John 1. John 1, 19. Thank you, Jesus. Because that's why I have John marked. I do feel a little something. John 1, 19. I want to show you that John the Baptist, how he found his identity. And we will find our identity the same way. The same exact way. <laughs> okay, let's read it. Because we need the word. Okay. It says in verse 19, Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Who are you? Because you know he was looking kind of crazy. He was, he was from the wilderness. He wore um, skins. He ate weird stuff. You know he was woolly booger. You know he, he had hair probably out here and his beard was probably down. And they're like, who are you, mister? And he confessed and did not deny but confessed. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. And they said to him, well, who are you? Because we need to give an answer to these people who are asking us. Who are you? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Now let's turn to Isaiah 40. And verse 3. One day, John was sitting somewhere, probably chewing on some honeycomb and eating a wild locust, which that was a, like a carob pod. It wasn't a bug. <laughs> we always think, he's, oh, my God, he's eating bugs. And he might have because they are considered clean. <laughs> Not in my kitchen, but they are considered clean. But he was eating chocolate. Actually, honey and, boy, that sounds pretty good. Honey and chocolate. Yeah. And so he was sitting there on a log. Well, he didn't have a recliner. He was sitting on a log somewhere. And he was reading the book of Isaiah. And he got to chapter 40, and he was reading verse 3. And it says, the, one, the voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He's reading the written word and all of a sudden, the living word said, 
That's you. Come on, y'all. He got a revelation of the written word by his relationship with the living word. And he's sitting there on a log, chewing on a carob plant and some dipping some honey. And he's reading this. And Holy Spirit says, that's you. So he goes about declaring the crooked places straight. He goes about declaring all those rough places smooth. Make you the way of the Lord. There's one coming who, who I ain't worthy of la- unlatching his shoe. There's one coming that's going to baptize you in fire. That's what he's doing. And when they say, who are you? He knew exactly who he was. I am one that's preparing the way. (laughs) Bam. He got his identity from the living word speaking the written word to him. How are we going to find out our identity? Same way. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Same way. Say what, girl? He found out his identity by the living word speaking the written word to him. As he's reading the written word, the living word spoke and said, that's you. That scripture right there is you. And we will do the same thing. James, is it James that talks about how we can look in a mirror and, and we, see, we see our reflection, but then we walk away and we forget. And that happens to us because we don't do the word. So we should take this word right here and look into it. I've got to look into this word. And my relationship with this word, (laughs) because y'all know John 1 says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. So Jesus Christ is the word. He's the written word, and he's the living word. And I, I have to hold this word up to my face and get my reflection out of this. My reflection comes from this right here. And Holy Spirit, the living word, because they're all one, Holy Spirit will say, that's you. This is you right here. Because he created every single one of us with a purpose. There's a reason for us being here. And I heard someone say, it's not to work, pay taxes. That's not my purpose. My purpose will be found in the word. Revelation of the written word brought on by relationship with the living word. Amen. I don't know. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good message. I mean, shoot. Shoot. That was pretty good. It's just 12 o'clock. 
Everybody's going to be in line at the restaurants because we're fixing to open. We've got to open. Okay, that now. Thank you, Jesus. We need to open. Hallelujah. God's restaurant ain't never closed, did it? He said, I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. And a, and a lot of times we, we want to fall apart when the enemy starts nipping at our heels. I want to fall apart. But, but that happens to me because I'm not 100% knowing who I am. I'm not 100% even knowing who he is. Because my identity is found in him. I'm going to hammer this, y'all, till we get it. Because we still are looking for that feeling. I'm still looking for that emotional thing that's going to make me feel good. I love the goosebumps. I love it. I love to feel intoxicated. And know that I didn't drink anything or pay for anything. We can be intoxicated on him. He says, be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. So it probably looks the same. Because they thought they were drunk. At nine o'clock in the morning. No, they were just very, very filled with the Holy Ghost. But... Where was I going? Y'all know where I was going? They was already drunk with the Holy Ghost. I love the feels. That's what it was. But the feels don't carry me through. The feels do not carry me through the dark hours. The feels do not carry me through when tribulation comes. The feels don't carry me through when a temptation comes. The feels don't carry me. And they don't last. The feels don't last. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to feel, you gonna, like when you fall in love with someone, you are consumed with them. Well, I'm not ever supposed to fall out of love. I'm supposed to be consumed with him at all times. But those love feelings, those feelings of being on the honeymoon and, oh, goes away because you have to come home and you have to start cooking and cleaning and birthing babies and that don't always feel good all truth is parallel all truth is parallel if it's true in the natural it's true in the spirit and so I'm sorry but ooh, don't feel good how many y'all birth baby labor sucks That ain't all goose pimples and, you know, woo, I just, uh, that ain't, mm -mm. I did not do my husband this way, but some women have cussed their man while they're in labor. You did this to me. I think they're true things coming out. <laughs> and man needs to get up and say, in the name of Jesus, get out of my wife. You devil. 
because our identity is coming forth. Mm. <laughs> I'm, that's not in my notes either. Sorry, guys. Whew. I want to go look at 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, and we will start with verse 14. Because he is my identity. And this is good stuff to me. This, the word of God is delicious when you start tearing it apart and seeing what kind of seasonings is on that steak. Come on. Because sometimes I don't want no milk. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. 14, it says, For the love of Christ compels us. The love of God compels us. What's going to keep me from sinning? The love of God. Because I love Him. I love him. The love that I have for him compels me to watch what I do, to watch what I look at, to watch what I hear, to watch what I allow to come out of my mouth. My love for him compels me to not practice sin. Didn't say I don't sin, but I don't practice. I don't live in it. If you are born again, you do not live comfortably in sin. If you are born again, the love of Christ is going to compel you to make that right with him and with each other. Okay. Now, the love of Christ also compels me to deal with you a certain way and to tell you about him. Okay, 14 says that. Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. If Jesus Christ died for all and we are in him, then we all died. We did. I'm supposed to be looking at a dead girl. Dead. Y'all are dead? Okay. Because the word says that I was crucified with Christ, yet I live. But it's not me that lives. It's Christ that lives in me. And I live this life by the faith of the Son of God. So I am supposed to be walking this walk, living this life through him, allowing him to live through me, allowing him to see through me, allowing him to talk through me, allowing him to touch through me, allowing him to feel through me, because I am dead. I told y'all, I told him in prayer the other day that I have raised the dead before. I don't know if you have, but I have. I've raised the dead a bunch of times. I'm real good at raising the dead. 
<laughs> Barbara just came back to life. <laughs> Come on. How many times, to be honest, have you raised the dead? Daily. And I have to kill that joker again. Get back on that cross. You are dead. Quit acting a fool. You quit living in your mind. You quit living by your feelings. You ain't got no feelings. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. Come on. Okay, let's finish reading the scripture. 15 says, because Jesus Christ died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for, oh my God, what did that say? Ah, I'm going to read it again. It says, that those who live, that's me and you, those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. I'm not to live for myself. I'm not supposed to be consumed with me. I'm not supposed to be living about my feelings. I don't belong to myself no more. Therefore, from now on, oh my gosh, he said, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. What? What the world is he talking about? Therefore, for, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. What the heck is he talking about? What does he mean? Seriously. He says, we are from now on not to know anybody according to the flesh. We knew Christ according to the flesh, but we don't know him that way anymore. What he's saying is we saw him. We saw Christ. We touched Christ. We saw him heal the, the sick. We saw him raise the dead. We saw him. That's knowing someone in the flesh. I know you according to the flesh, but I'm not supposed to. We walk in this earth together. That's in the flesh. But I'm not supposed to know you according to the flesh. I'm supposed to know you according to the spirit. Because our flesh be messed up but I told you last week my spirit is complete my spirit is whole every single thing I need is in my spirit every answer I need is every answer Adam needs it's in my spirit come on we don't believe this we do not believe this and that's why we live defeated because we don't believe it but this right here is truth. And if this truth right here said you are dead, I started looking at, and I know, <laughs> I know what Paul said. And I know what Jesus said when he said, lest a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it'll die, it'll bear much fruit. And then he just told us, you're dead. You're all dead. Come on, y'all. We trying to die, but we're dead. We just don't believe it. 
I see it all over your faces. Look at verse 17. This is the kicker. This is what you call a kicker. He says, therefore, what's that there for? What's that there for? Yeah, we better look and see what, that, what that's there for. That's there because he's been telling us up here that the love of God compels me because I am dead in Christ. I'm dead in him. And because of that, because of what Jesus did, because Jesus got up on that cross and he paid for my sin. He also paid for my wrong thinking. He paid for my wrong feelings. He paid for my messed up emotion. He paid for all of that. He took every bit of that on that cross with him. Y'all know how you feel when someone messes you over and you're all in a funk? He had the entire world, the entire world's funk on him. He took every bit of it. He took it all. He felt all of that multiplied by billions and billions. But because he did that, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We do not believe that. He just said that all my old junk is passed away. The Amplified literally says that I become a complete new creature, a whole new creature. I'm not even the same kind of creature that I was before I come into Christ. I'm a new creature, a new one. We ain't the same no more. I'm not the same creature that I was before Christ Jesus. But since Christ Jesus, now I am behold. That word behold is like, wow, you're not going to believe this, but you're going to love it. That's what that word means. Look at this. I'm now a new creature. I'm now supernatural. I am now from heaven. Come on. All that old junk is gone. And I have to renew this. I know I hear every one of y'all, well, then why do I still feel like this? And why does it still hurt when someone... This got to be renewed. He saved my spirit. My spirit's on its way to heaven. My spirit is the one that cannot stand it. When things start getting religious. My spirit is the one that can't stand it. When things start going wrong. My spirit is the one that can't stand it. When the enemy starts trying to take over the kingdom of God. When I know he's not supposed to. It's my spirit that can't stand it. And when I can get my mind lined up with my spirit. Woo, hey. But I have to know that I'm a new creature. I am now a new creation. I'm no longer in Adam. I am now in Christ. This is the difference. Saul, 
Saul, I'm talking about Paul, Saul was a persecutor, a killer, a murderer in Adam. When he was in Adam, that's what he did. He killed Christians. He hunted them down. He was a persecutor. He was a killer in his Adamic nature. Then he was on the way to Damascus to kill some Christians because he was working for God. That's G-A-W-D, God. He was working for God. And all of a sudden, Jesus Christ <laughs> slapped him upside his head and he fell off his donkey. And he was blind, blinded by the light. He was blinded by that light. And Saul in Adam, the persecutor, became just like that, Paul the apostle. He be, yeah, behold, you are a new creature, a new creature. And that's what we are. When we came into Jesus Christ, we became a new creature. <laughs> so now I have so much authority that when Holy Ghost shows me, one of these strongholds in my mind, I can say, I didn't know that was there. Thank you for showing that thing to me. And in the name of Jesus, get out. Because this is a sound mind. This is the mind of Christ. This right here has been healed. It's been saved. It's been delivered. And you will not take me down. You will not. See, we got to know that I have authority over my own self. I got authority over me. I got authority over my house. I got authority over what's around me. I have a sphere of activity. And I have authority over that. But if I don't know it, I live defeated. If I don't know that I'm a new creature, I live defeated. We're not created to be defeated. You are now a new creature, which is more than a conqueror. You know what more than a conqueror means? It means I get to take the benefits that someone else done whooped that devil. Somebody else, his name was Jesus, he made an open show. Do y'all know what would happen back in the day when a king would rise up and go into another kingdom and he would make war on that kingdom and he took that kingdom? He would take the king and all his men and he would tie up their hands and he would parade them behind him. He drug them through the cities. So everybody would know, I am the king of beat him. He ain't nothing. He's defeated. And that is what Jesus did to the devil. It says, where is it? Colossians. Where it says that he made an open show of the devil. 
It means he tied his hands up and he drug him all through hell. And he said, <laughs> see, we wonder what was he doing in hell. He was making an open show of the devil. And then he drug him through the heavens. These right here that we see, the clouds. He drug him through those. And he said, this right here, this ain't your God. I am God. I am king. This one right here is stripped of his power. This one is stripped of his authority. He don't have anything anymore. And we got to know that. And when we do, we don't give him no more power. Because the only power he has is what I give him. Whenever a thought comes in my mind and it's a bad one and I just ponder it. And I think about it over and over. And the next thing you know, that thing starts getting in me. And, you know, then it's coming out of my mouth. Well, I'm giving the devil power. I'm giving him authority over me. When I'm the one that is supposed to say, get out. You know, when, when Peter spoke to Jesus and he said, not be. You're not going to Jerusalem to die. He said, get behind me, Satan. And that's what we're supposed to do. Get away from me. Don't you be coming in here putting those thoughts in my head. See, you have to take authority over them. He tells us, pull those thoughts captive. Bring them down. They're exalting their self over God. When he tells you that you're not enough. When he tells you that no one loves you, no one likes you, no one wants to be around you, you're ugly, you're not pretty, you're whatever it is that he tells you, that is exalting itself over God. Because God says you're accepted in the beloved. God says you're more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You're the head and not the tail. You're the first and not last. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. My God, the greater one lives on the inside of you. The greater one lives in us. The one who is greater than the devil lives in us. You know there's fixing to come a day and it's not going to be too long. I pray that we're going to look at him and we're going to go, what? What? That right there is what took down nations? That right there is what made every man afraid? That right there is what ravaged people's lives. It's now. Nah. I have authority. I have power. I am the one that's supposed to speak the word of God. That's why a while ago when, when we were up here, I just felt it when I he saw that and I saw everybody come up here. It's like we're fixing to declare who God is. Because there is dominion in your voice. There's power in your voice. Stop lining it up with the devil. Get in the word. Get in the word of God. Get in the presence of God. And say, God, who am I? Who did you create me to be? And he's going to say, a picture of me. I created you to be a picture of me. I'm supposed to be putting forth the image of God, not the image of Satan. But he's very crafty. He's real tricky. And he gets us to believe in that he's the one that's fun. He gets us to believe in that he's the one. You know, that, that if I have to live this straight life, that, that narrow road, I'm going to be so controlled. 
People's always trying to control me and tell me I can't do this and I can't do that. That's the devil. That's the devil. Jesus said he came to give us life and more abundant life. That means everything I need. Everything. I don't lack anything. And, and what else could I want? The Holy Ghost lives in me. What more could I have? I mean, he said, he who is greater lives in you. So what more could I need? I just need to get in touch with who lives in me. I just need to get in touch with this. It's in my spirit right here. That's it. And I got to know this. They work together. You can't have one without the other. Are you going to be? You can't have one without the other. Remember when we talked about the tabernacle in the Old Testament? There's two ropes that, that held the tabernacle together. And they named them. One was named Spirit. One was named Word. It takes the Spirit and the Word. Rodney Howard Brown always says, um, word, 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 you dry up. Spirit, 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 you blow up. Word and spirit together, and you grow up. And that's the truth. That right there is true. Hallelujah. Thank y'all for listening to me teach you today. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray for us since we've had four altar calls. <laughs> I just want to pray that the Spirit of God would enlighten the eyes of our understanding. So I pray that, Father, that the Spirit of God would enlighten the eyes of our understanding, that you would show us who we are in you, God, that you would help us to develop that relationship, that personal relationship with you, God that's going to take this word and reveal it by the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And I thank you, Lord, for growing us up in you, that we become one with you as well as one with each other. I thank you for it, God. Thank you for everything that you did here today, Lord. I thank you for the hearts that you healed. I thank you for the bodies that you healed, God. I thank you, Lord, for taking our minds and showing us how to transform them into your image, God. That we can take your word and we can wash our minds with the water of the word. That we can clean all that up. That our mind can become sound and disciplined thank you for that God I give you praise for it Lord I thank you for this body and what you're doing in us God we love you and we worship you and and we thank you again Lord that that when we put our trust in you we will never be brought to shame God that you are right there with us you are bringing us through and we thank you for it Lord I ask you to go with these people now Father to be with them this week, God. Watch over them. 
I plead the blood of Jesus over every single one of them. I ask you, Father, that you would be an angel, that you would send your angels around about them, God, that, that your angels of the Lord would guide them, that he, they would lead them into the path that they should go, God, and that he would keep them protected from all harm, spirit, soul, and body. And that we would be able to present ourselves to you and be full and whole, God. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Thank y'all. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.